The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're talking knees today, fit after 40. And you know what? I don't think anyone's knees are fit after 40. <laughs> it's Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physiotherapy joining us. Hi, Hi guys. You want to talk about knees. Yeah, you know what? And I've got uh, I've got the same knees being uh, 43. So, you know, I'm trying to be fit after 40. But uh, this is one that's dear to my heart because I actually have a nice little meniscus tear that I did oh. to myself way back when I was like in my young 20s. <laughs> so let's talk about how do you tear it, first of all? How, how yeah. do you do the damage? Okay, well, the meniscus is uh, basically it's a cartilage that sits between your femur and your tibia, so your thigh bone and your and your shin bone, and ultimately in the knee, and it provides cushioning okay. and space and nutrition and a smooth sliding surface for the two bones to move on each other, and it can be damaged in a lot of different ways, hyperextending the knee, um, twisting is the most common way, but it also can happen when you go, when your knee goes hyperflexion when it flexes too far as well. So you you know it's an it's an injury that goes with often other types of injuries that you can have, and mm. they're kind of often together. But it can be an isolated injury where you just damage the meniscus, and it can tear in a bunch of different ways. It can tear like you would just pull a piece of paper. Um, and it's kind of a flat tear. It can also tear where it kind of flips up and gets in the way, and we call, there's two different things we just, well, more than two, but the two most common ones is, one's a parrot beak. It looks like a parrot beak that's kind of flipping up, and the other one's a bucket handle, probably the more common that people have heard of, and it looks like a bucket handle. And when it flips up, the problem with that type of an injury is it actually blocks the knee, and it stops the knee from moving. So the most common symptom somebody might have with those types of tears is the knee locks. Okay, so they would know they have that as a result of that? They might not know, but uh, when they'd come see yeah. one of us, we would pretty quickly be able to determine So would you see on. this kind of injury more commonly in this type of weather where we get some freezing rain and, oh. you know, somebody just slips on steps? Yeah, well, you know, the <laughs> this is a year-round injury. Mm. Happens a lot with sports. It happens with everyday life. It slips and falls, twists. But absolutely with this kind of weather where the leg kind of can, you know, when you get out of your car, and that yeah. icy surface and all of a sudden you're trying to catch yourself and you do the uh, running on ice kind of mm-hmm. thing. They're very not uncommon, especially if your foot then fixes right away. Ice, ice, ice fixed. And if you're twisting at the time, it's a very common way for it. I kind of use the analogy, if you put your knuckles together and then twist your knuckles, how does that feel? Not so great and it's not so good for the meniscus guy either. So when people have these types of injuries, the immediate thing that they're going to see is oftentimes swelling, pain. Pain can be like throughout the whole knee. It can be more localized to the inside or outside of the knee, depending on where the tear is. Certainly what we're looking for or a common thing that happens with these is that, like I said, we're asking patients if they're getting locking. And then everybody, the obvious question is, well, then I need surgery. I've got a tear in my knee. And that's not necessarily the case. Before Not necessarily we, the case anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was at, at, at one point. Yeah, that used to be the solution. Yeah. You know, the solution wasn't just to... Well, nowadays, they're, they're, the surgery is even different today than it was, when, you know, many years ago. It used to be just take the cartilage out. Mm-hmm. Pain gone, right? Um, unfortunately, the meniscus plays a very important role. the pain shows back up. It mm. does, because that, that meniscus plays a very important role of spreading your body weight over the joint, um, cushioning. 
obviously, but also for that smooth sliding surface. So now when you've got bone against bone and you've still got our the weight of our bodies and the impact of life, running, jumping, whatever it is, it's going to wear away. And that's when you end up with osteoarthritic much earlier, uh, those changes much earlier than otherwise. You know, no matter what the topic, there's something I've always wanted to ask you. Uh oh. But it fits to this topic. Okay. So before we talk about the right thing to do and what you would do should they come to see you. Right. Or, or one of your other uh, physiotherapists. I've always wondered um, for joint pain, or in this case, uh, a knee pain, if you know any of these heat rubs or muscle stuff creams yeah are they helpful right so the answer is they're very topical those topical type treatments you know and i won't name a bunch of names but when it's just like a cold or a a those deep cold or ice those things they're really temporary relief of any discomfort you're having they're very pain management that's it because they stimulate different receptors than the pain nerve endings but and it's essentially it's like rubbing your leg that's all you you're going to get as a result is temporarily while it's on it's going to feel better but for a lasting solution no the answer is it's not going to provide a, a solution to your pain problem or manage the swelling now that being said lately and you see these commercials for emil gel or you'll hear it of voltaren cream or diclofenic which physicians prescribe that has a little bit more of a therapeutic effect because it's an anti-inflammatory salve so there is it'd be like taking uh, not like but somewhat akin to taking an NSAID which is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory helps to reduce the inflammation and therefore the pain so the answer is it depends on which salve you're using is a prescription or not okay last question then Jay it's all you yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so let's say that using a cream to just relieve the pain, perhaps icing it to bring down the swelling, then yep. elevating it and staying off it. Yeah, it's like you've been on this show with me. Well, is that going to solve the problem? Uh, it's going to help significantly. Um, my advice to people with these ones, here's, here's the thing that people don't want to hear, but I'm going to say it, is this type of an injury can tend to do very well but can take time. And so it's about a year process before somebody, in my opinion, before they're gonna be back doing all the things that they wanna do. And so because of course we want a quicker solution, that's oftentimes why I think surgery becomes mm. you know, a solution because you're not getting that chance for the body to go completely through the process of you know, reorganizing itself and functionally changing the way it's gonna work on that joint. So sadly, uh, but not in our in our system it actually works I know this people are going to listen to this and think that I'm defending the system but I actually think in our system this is very it's a good thing because you're not likely to see a surgeon for some significant amount of time for this problem it's not a huge priority um, in our system when somebody might have a broken knee or something that needs to be, mm. be immediately fixed that day and need surgery and so that time period that you might be waiting for a surgeon is often the time that you need to go through rehab Right. And actually, by the time you see the surgeon, you're like, well, my knee's actually doing it's, great. It's like dropping your phone, though. You know, you drop your phone a dozen times and nothing happens. One day you drop your phone and it shatters mm -hmm. and you just go, how did that happen? Hey, you know, and this is the one that I like to talk about. I wrote a blog about it and this is years before they kind of started to do and more, more studies were showing 
that whether you do surgery or not surgery, we're getting some similar outcomes. Now, I'm not saying in certain cases, surgery is certainly indicated. We're like those ones that I was talking about. Some tears just will not, even over a course of a year, kind of give you that solution that you're hoping for, especially with rehab. So you rehab and you're still having a problem at a year, you're probably a surgical candidate. Um, but the perfect the example of my knee was I, I injured it. I was playing rugby and my leg was up on another player and a, a, a quite a large player in rugby there's props and these kind of we call them there in the pack landed right on my knee and it literally my knee went backwards and when I saw it happen when the whole incident occurred I thought I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get up I must have broken my leg I got up and I was able to not only was I able to move I was able to finish the game fast forward two years later and I'm going up and down a ladder mm. and that's all I was doing was going up and down a ladder and uh oh you know, my knee swelled up and it started to become quite painful. It started to lock on me. Every time I'd go to kneel down and kind of do something like get behind the TV to work the cords, I'd be stuck. Like literally, my leg would be stuck there and I'd have to do this kind of trick movement to get it to unlock. Huh. You know, and so same thing as a physio, the first thing you think of is, oh, I've got a meniscus tear, go through all of the steps and the process. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a good example of somebody who following my own advice and, and those around me, we kind of got it to the point where I could do everything I wanted to do. So when someone comes in to you with that, what are you doing to them? Is it the ultrasound? Is it... Yeah. Is it so they all present different and it de- depends on the stage. So the immediate thing we're going to do when somebody comes is, is assess the knee and there's a lot of ligaments. The knee is a hinge joint. Mm-hmm. It really just moves you know, forward and backward like a door hinge. Um, there's some subtle chain things that occur right at the end of movements, but otherwise that's how it works so when you look at it it's very clinical you can you can come to a good solution or a good get a good idea of what's wrong with that knee clinically everybody wants an MRI and you know really uh, if you rule out a fracture with an x-ray the rest becomes clinical and that's how we manage them as well so they come in determine that whether there any other ligaments have been damaged whether in fact we think that there's uh, a structural change in there like a fracture if we did we'd be sending them back to the doctor for an x-ray um, and if we've kind of isolated it down to a meniscus tear and it's acute we're doing all the things that we need to do to get that swelling under control get your range of motion back slowly start progressively weight bearing strengthening all the things that we talk about with the other injuries that we've done later on though what can happen and i was talking to andrew off air is oftentimes what happens is the body's got the this inflammatory response and that inflammatory response kind of brings on scar tissue and healing and all of that and we need to deal with that we don't want a prolonged inflammatory response and we want to deal with scar tissue as it's forming so that it doesn't restrict the knee's range of motion because if that's gone on that's when people are having problems later on and oftentimes if you're coming in late with these problems that's what we're dealing with now we're talking about different techniques not acute modalities like you talked about ultrasound interferential and these things that we've got to help manage pain and swelling but we're using graston and mo- mm. very specific mobilization techniques to get the knee moving okay oh. you say graston and i've, I've always loved uh, graston i love graston on my neck especially yep. I've i don't, always I don't know it. what that is yeah it's a uh, soft tissue augmented so it's a way of us working on soft tissue without using our hands we use tools that okay. are basically made of stainless steel and they really blades, they yeah. form yeah they they form to the tissue very specifically so we can use them much i wouldn't say more effectively but like we would use our hands but they they kind of meet the contours a little oh, bit okay. easier and we can be a bit we can sometimes be a bit more aggressive because 
they they're uh, an extension of our hands essentially and i think people either, either love it or they 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 hate it sure depends on how it's being yeah. used when it's used yeah. and for what reason and so yeah. we need to take a break here so, and, and sure. when we come back there i want to talk to you about um using something like that on a knee where if you have an injury like that and you're dealing with that, a lot of people don't want you even touch the darn thing number one and number two do they still drain knees uh still lots of questions to come Grant Fedork joins us for another edition of Fit After 40. Of course, uh, Grant from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. We have some questions to get to. Uh, my question was, do they still drain knees, number one? And what do you do uh, when someone who's had a knee injury doesn't want you to touch their knee? Because that's a real thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh, I'm, I, well if they'll hear me, I'm loud. <laughs> well, they'll hear me probably <laughs> if all the mics were As off. long as we can hear you. That's the important thing. <laughs> you could probably just stand outside the station and they'd hear me. Um, but uh, yeah, answer your first question is sometimes you okay. still see them um, draining a knee that's really has a lot of edema and swelling. It's not as common. There is a risk when you're draining the knee and they use a syringe into the knee to remove the fluid, uh, risk of infection. And that's so far worse oftentimes than just yeah. having a swollen knee. So under very, under very um, unique circumstances, they okay. will do that. Um, and second, dealing with someone who doesn't want you to yeah. touch the, the, where the injury is. Yeah, and that's where, that's where, you know, physio is an art as much as it is a science. So you really have to have the trust of a patient, but you need to. I mean, ultimately, uh, for us to often get the knee moving and for it, in order for the knee to really get that swelling moving or get it, get it out of there, we need it to move. Your body, the pump mechanism of your, of your vessels occurs as your body, as a metabolism increases. And so in order to get that swelling down, it stasis or in a one position is not good for it and it can lead to other risks and problems as well including clotting so we want to make sure that that knee starts to move even if it's small amounts and sometimes you're sitting there just doing things just so that they become more comfortable yeah. um, it's not like we go and grab that knee that doesn't want to move and just start mm -hmm. bending it it doesn't work mm -hmm. that way so we we're certainly working with a patient and making sure that they're comfortable with what we're doing some questions yeah let's go to our uh, rapid round here uh, from here a we go yeah can you ask about osgood schlatter disease my teenage daughter has it and would love to know uh, a way to help her after her sports doctors say nothing you can do but take uh, anti and Advil or anti ibuprofen. ibuprofen. Yeah. Right. So yes, there is something you can do about it. It is uh, basically what happens is at the just below your kneecap, there's another bump that kind of sticks out, and that's called your tibial tubercle, and that's the attachment of your tendon that goes from your kneecap down your, basically your patellar tendon, and right at the insertion, and this most often happens in young people in their teens, it basically builds up calcification and enlarges, and it looks big. The problem with them, and the reason they're painful, is it's an inflammatory problem we can deal that's why he's, the, the doctor is saying take ibuprofen we can we have many tools and techniques to manage that that inflammation and take some of the pressure off of it so that your teenager isn't suffering and is able to kind of mm -hmm. get back to activity and keep going um, you, you're not going to make it look different it is always going to kind of enlarge but certainly as far as the process of just leaving it be versus treatment in my opinion you're going to get further with treatment nice uh, can you this one uh, really I just love the wording. Uh, can you please ask this fella 
Yes. <laughs> what his thoughts are on a 32-year-old active guy having to resort to steroid injection into the L5 zone due to arthritis and spinal stenosis. Nothing else seems to do it. Right. So young person with uh, advanced changes in their lower back like that, certainly it's if they've gone through the process of you know, conservative management and other types of management, oftentimes cortisone becomes the treatment. It's used selectively, so if the person gets results, they'll continue to do it. Hopefully they're not doing it too frequently because it leads, it's got other issues when they're doing it too often. So it, you're in good hands if they've, if they've gotten you to the point where that's what they're doing. That's probably the treatment of choice. Same thing for knees? Knees, um, yes. Uh, it's very much used as a late stage kind of a game uh, changer. So if everything else has failed, oftentimes we'll try cortisone. Again, with cortisone, I don't want to scare people from it. I think that's kind of the common con- misconception of cortisone out there. But if it's used properly and it's not being done too often, it can reduce the inflammation. But we use it really when, there's, um, when, when other conservative management has failed. All right, we've got lots here, so I don't know how fast we can uh, get to them And all. you've got a minute and a half. Minute and a half, oh, so boy. here we go. Quick answers. Uh, sorry I may have missed <laughs> part of the conversation, but I do have osteoarthritis in my knee, and I get cortisone shots. Is there any alternative to that? The, so a recent alternative to cortisone for the knee when there's advanced degenerative changes is radial shockwave. We've seen really good positive results in our own patients, and the research does support it. So if you're out there looking for a solution that's different than cortisone and you'd like to try it, we do want you not to have had a cortisone injection in the last three to six weeks before you, we do that treatment, though. Okay, sciatic uh, pain, anything I can do to help? Oh, boy sciatica that's pain down the leg that's a longer longer answer Mm -hmm. Uh, so many different things can be causing the sciatica we can talk about it on another show or if you want to just uh, go on and ask the physio at leadingedgephysio.com and I'll try to provide a little bit of a longer answer for you piriformis syndrome someone texted in about right and that's piriformis syndrome is one of the causes of sciatica as a matter of fact and it's a small muscle in in deep in in the butt um, and what it can do in some people is the sciatic nerve actually goes through the piriformis and as a result can have a higher likelihood of being entrapped my suggestion is to make sure in fact that's what's causing the symptoms because oftentimes it, just because you've got pain in your butt that's now going down your legs that's then diagnosed as piriformis syndrome. We want to make sure that we've gone through the process to determine that that, in fact, is what's causing the pain down the leg. Again, if you have a question, mm-hmm. you can go on to leadingedgephysio.com. There's a, there's a, a link right there that says, ask the physio. Just right. go on there, click it, send the message and to Grant. We can answer yep. four of the questions we didn't get to with one answer, which is it's never too late. Never. Well... <laughs> People, you know, we've got several rolled this, hurt that, but right. it was years ago, still causing me pain. At a minimum, we're gonna we're gonna be able to provide information and give you some reassurance and get you going in the right direction. Um, but certainly, from from our perspective, we provide as many treatments as we can to the patients that oftentimes think it's too late, and that's why we've spent so much time on the technology and training. So, all okay. right, Grant, thank you for this. Uh, we'll talk to you again next month. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.